1: From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. It is Tuesday, the 7th of July. I'm Nadine Blaney. Hey, Scotty, it's great to be here with you. We cannot get past the news that was coming from Victoria today. I mean, it was already bad with 190 cases of coronavirus, new cases confirmed, but uh, you know, the need to, to lock down the state for six weeks yet again, this is not what we wanted to have happen.
2: Yeah, six weeks, shocker. Uh, and I, I believe the markets are completely shocked at the length that was was. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting, you know, maybe it'll be like for two weeks or maybe even a month, uh, but six weeks uh, is obviously going to go and try and really suppress this virus. But the economic fallout from such a scenario is obviously pretty deeply concerning. Now we wait to see. Hopefully, uh, we don't see any more cases in the rest, of the, ca- the rest of the nation and we can get on with our lives and hopefully go and start rebuilding the economy. But obviously, uh, some pretty unexpected news there in terms of the length of shutdown that we're looking at.
1: And we did see that reflected in the share price of some of those travel-related stocks. So Qantas was off by pretty close to 3.7%, Webjet as well, Flight Center all getting hit, which was to be expected. The Chai 200 was off by about two-tenths of one percent. But by the end of the day, the S&P ASX 200 was relatively flat, still above that six thousand level. Uh, It wasn't such a positive day around the region either. I mean, Shanghai Composite looks like it'll be finishing up by more than one percent. But elsewhere around the region, some some selling happening.
2: Yeah, obviously had a very big day yesterday. uh, But I suspect the fact that uh, you mentioned the Shanghai Composite is having such a good day that uh, potentially that may explain why other parts of the region are not necessarily having a stronger day uh, today uh, purely because it's a it's a capital driven uh, no investment market uh chinese uh stocks are certainly looking like they're going to have a bit of a gusto behind them uh so you put that together it means that this could be potentially a regional led rally from china but uh obviously it would go and lead the rally
1: do you think that china is uh, starting to bubble a little bit too hot there scotty
2: Well, all I can say is that I've seen similar scenarios like this in the past, where you have a state-run publication uh, or a government body or something on those lines talk about uh, uh, how great it is, the investment world of stocks and uh, how you should get in there, uh, generally to go and uh, achieve an agenda for the Communist Party, whether it's to deepen capital markets or to go and help boost uh, boost economic growth, uh, boost household wealth. But it's interesting that we saw the China Securities Journal come out with something saying that uh, a healthy bull market is, uh, is, is welcome and it's the economy needs it right now. I find that the economy needs to go and have a, a healthy bull market. So generally in the past when this has happened, uh, it happens quickly and it involves a lot of speculative money and it goes very quick, uh, both to the upside and the downside. So I suspect that we might go and see some impetus here coming from Chinese equities that may given what we've seen has driven markets broadly around the world this year, liquidity uh, could actually go and see you know, another leg higher for, uh, for asset classes. I, ca- I can't imagine actually saying that uh, only a week or so ago, but it doesn't take much to go and inspire moves higher for stocks these days.
1: So that's uh, China. Um, we can't look past the RBA uh, rates decision today. Yes, it's a little bit lackluster because we continually Uh, you know have interest rates on hold what if anything interesting was in the statement clearly the reserve bank still wants fiscal policy to play its part in putting this economy back on track
2: Uh, to borrow a line or paraphrase a little bit the biggest uh the biggest fear is uncertainty itself and uh, i suspect that the rba in light of this news about victoria will be concerned that this renewed wave of uncertainty might go and get people to become even more risk averse. Now, if that happens, obviously, will have implications for the broader economy. They are very uncertain and we're dealing with uncertain times. We don't know what to go and expect when it comes to uh, Victoria, nor what it may mean for the implications to the rest of the, uh, the country, both in terms of economic side and also the health side.
1: Well, and we were already seeing some of the data look a little less positive than what we saw when we were getting the results from the initial snapback. We had a good conversation with EQ Economics' Warren Hogan today. He was pointing to some of that high-frequency data, the payroll data that we've discussed a lot, but also restaurant bookings in Melbourne, You know, and this was before the lockdown was announced. But what he is really focused on is what this means for fiscal stimulus going forward, the negotiation of policy when it comes to how we you know, help support this economy through and past the emergency settings. And a lot of it will come down to that uh, update that will be coming from the federal treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, it's been mentioned a few times in conversation today, Uh, Scotty, you know, we'll really be looking for any type of bigger picture plan, any type of clarification from the government as Mm. to how they see this fiscal policy side of the equation going post that so-called September cliff.
2: Yeah, I think the government's got no choice now. They've got to do more. They're, the news today means that they have to do more. You can't go and end JobKeeper on uh, the end of September, uh, given that one of our largest states, now 23% of the uh, Australian economy, will only just be coming out of a lockdown scenario. Uh, the economy will need more support, and I suspect that that will be the pressure that will come on them over the next few weeks ahead of this uh, this update.
1: Especially with Warren Hogan saying that the real unemployment rate is probably about fifteen percent. You can listen to that interview and access it by the show notes. It's worthwhile, and I loved uh, the conversation around, you know, the whole conundrum when it comes to big picture planning for the economy. When you consider that we've got a whole younger generation that could potentially, you know, have their wings clipped by this recession if it continues for too long. Mm. All right. So that is the economic uh, picture out there. Uh, One company that we haven't mentioned so far, only because we didn't get a share price reaction today was Afterpay, but really the talk of the town, an $800 million capital raise. But it has become an $18 billion market cap company. We were talking to Steve Johnson from Forger Funds and he was saying, look, you know, we can cheer. This is an Aussie tech company that's going global and um yeah what do you make of it
2: what do i make of it uh well it is a greatest Australian success story but the proof will be in the pudding now i've had well well known concerns about this has not been tested fully by uh, an economic downturn i know that we're dealing with one right now but government stimulus has gone and prevented the worst of the fallout uh not only here but also in the united states that's one concern uh also when you go and look at All the focus seems to be on things such as user growth, uh, revenue, I know that's been transacted. Uh, Now, I understand that this is a gross stock, but at some point there has to be some focus as well on other financial metrics uh, now to justify these valuations and I think that's what the the key thing will be next. All this promise, and undoubtedly there is promise out there, but can it be delivered? Yep,
1: and the execution uh, cannot be faulted according to Steve Johnson. That interview is up on our website. Um, and we also spoke with PM at Leyland Private Asset Management, Tom Madden, about this. And, yeah, you know, the founders selling down $250 million worth of stock, about 10% of their overall holding, has raised some eyebrows. That shareholders rarely like it when founders start selling off. But, you know, again, it's, just, it's a watching brief with Afterpay, but it certainly does inject a lot of excitement into the conversation. You can watch that video with Tom Madden uh, just by the show notes. So we'll see how Afterpay Trades, when it comes online, the big mover today to the upside was St. Barbara, gave a quarterly gold production report. Shares were up by close to 11%. We talked to the MD of Calidus Resources today, Scotty, and look, they are just powering ahead, moving as fast as they can, trying to get that gold out of the ground so that they can capitalize on this gold price, you know. Uh, Silver lining to some of the instability out there for these Australian gold producers is a strong price for their products.
2: Absolutely. There's there's gold in Hills, and uh, <laughs> there's certainly a lot of people willing to go and buy the gold even though the, uh, the price sits in the eight new highs at the moment. So uh, happy days for gold producers uh, with a lot of money printing going on. We also look at things like real yields are, are still continuing to decline. The US dollar is also looking a bit, uh, a bit weak at this stage. They're two things as well that generally help support gold prices. So look the gold mining's is uh, not only uh, no, small caps, but large caps have benefited from uh, the, the strength in the gold price we've seen this year.
1: Umedia, one of the worst performers, if not the worst performer, was down by about 7%. We also had our stock of the day, Nearmap. Nearmap traded lower today, had a bit of a rough ride. Um, but to find out what the prospects are for the company, we spoke with our expert guests on the call. Well, to clarify, Koshi did. But he began by asking June Lu from Tribeca Investment Partners what she thinks of NearMap. The reason the stock hasn't gone up and
0: it's down forty percent is because of profit warnings, not because market has forgotten it. Right. Um, you know, the company actually has lost some contract experienced some high churn within the Australian business. It does cast a little bit of a doubt over, you know, how wow. sustainable is that competitive advantage, especially going to other markets where you have to demonstrate, um, you know, your your ability to capture those clients. So I think just a bit of a doubt that people need to see a bit more proof right. um, before piling in. <laughs> If you have a look at the underlying premise of this company, it basically provides um, aerial views of buildings, of streets, and it's great for planning. It's great for architects. It's great for council. And if you think about what's happened during COVID-19 and the whole working from home and lockdowns, it's been very hard to get to places. So a, a service like this has been absolutely essential to continue doing business for a lot of planners, a lot of councils. So I think in this type of environment, we are going to see a bit better news than we saw back in 2019 and early 2020, where the troubles have been. And I think the scenario at the moment is that this environment is probably perfect. The only negative is because of the lockdowns and people working from home, I guess in the US where their main growth engine is, it's hard to hit the road in terms of sales. So in terms of sales, it's probably going to be more expensive and a slower ride. But I do think that this environment is um, conducive to a business like Neemap's.
1: So Julia Lee from Bourbon Invest, finishing those thoughts on Nearmap, ticker code NEA. It was down by 1.2% today. Scotty and I get along quite well, but we nearly came to blows over this one. The JOLTS job openings report is out in the U.S. tonight. He didn't even think I should mention it. I thought it was worth a mention. Used to be Janet Yellen's favorite jobs read, and that's because it tells you how many people are quitting their jobs in the U.S. But to your point, Scuddy, I guess you don't have too many. Too many um, Americans quitting their jobs in this current environment.
2: No, a lot of people looking for jobs, unfortunately. And um, I don't suspect that this release will go and cause any market movement, not only today, but uh, for the foreseeable future, because unfortunately, uh, it's all about what what lies ahead. And unfortunately, we don't know because it's so uncertain.
1: The ABS building approvals data is out tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. Look, it'll be really interesting, not likely market moving either.
2: No, it's uh, obviously gives some insight as to what's going on at the, uh, the, the construction level. We know it's been pretty weak. Uh, we saw the uh, Australian Industry Group's uh, PCI come out. Uh, no, no real love uh, going, uh, going around for the sector at the moment. Obviously, very tough times, not only for actual construction, but to go and obtain finance and the like. So not expecting anything too spectacular there, and nor will it be for quite some time.
1: We will check in on the US political climate uh, in the morning with Alex Sherman, CEO at Bondi Partners at 8.50 a.m. Marcus Bogdan, CIO at Blackmore Capital will give us his perfect portfolio as we continue to cope with the COVID crisis. And he's from Melbourne, so it'll be good to get his view on how he sees things going there. The Global Head of Metals and mining at EY will be joining us at 10, 10 a.m. Sydney time. And the day goes on with a whole raft of great guests. Uh, we'll be speaking with the VP of Singapore Airlines, Jerome Phil. That'll be interesting to see how that airline is coping with COVID-19. And uh, you and I, Scotty, will wrap the day with Ben Clark from TMS Capital. He's always good for a buy, a hold, and a sell. So that is it pretty much for this Tuesday. I mean, I feel like sometimes we just scratch the surface. There's so many interesting stories to tell, but um, we, can, we can do some more of it tomorrow, can't we?
2: We'll be back tomorrow to tell more stories, uh, more information, and uh, I don't think we'll be talking about uh, the Jolt job Report.
1: <laughs> Noted.